welcome to Oddly On Air, where we expand teaching and learning perspectives by connecting theory and practice through conversations with expert Westchester University faculty and members of the Office of Digital Learning and Innovation. And now, to our hosts. Welcome back, listeners, to our second special summer episode. My name is Jess Drass. I'm the learning technologist here in the Teaching and Learning Center. And today I'm joined by my co-host and colleague. Dr. Tom Pantazis, instructional designer with the Teaching and Learning Center. And Jess, we have uh, some special guests here today. That we do. It's um, our first studio, live studio audience. Oh, that's audience. right. Our first live studio <laughs> audience. We have some campers from iCamp who have been making podcasts, joining us to listen in. Um, so that's our first round of special guests today, and we thank them for being here and are excited to have our first live audience. Kind of intimidating, I guess. Yeah. But um, word on the street is we have a cool story to share today. Uh, so as I may have mentioned on the podcast before, I'm involved with the Moonshot for Equity here at Westchester. And sometimes the large group of folks working on Moonshot come together. Uh, most of the time they're working in smaller teams. And we heard a story from one of our guests today about his experience both as a student and as um, what is called a student success coordinator here. And as soon as I heard it the first time, which was way back in December, I went, need to have him on the podcast. Uh, and then he shared it, I think, a little more formally again this past spring. And at that point, I was like, I haven't invited him yet. I need to make this happen. <laughs> and so they are here today to, to share that story with all of you. I'm really excited about that. And I think we should just get right into introducing our two guests. So with us today, we have Levi Tucker, a student success coordinator with the College of Arts and Humanities, and Johnny Tadros. Yep. Did I get that it. right? You got it, yeah. Psychology program counselor. Welcome to you both. Well, Good thank to you. be here. Um, so can you start off by telling our audience a little bit about yourselves? Sure, I'll start. <laughs> Let's see, what, what can I say? I've been in uh, higher education my entire career, so it is coming up on 17 years, which is really hard to, <laughs> to grapple with that. And I was doing a little bit of reflecting the other day, and this September will actually be 10 years at Westchester University. So it's quite the milestone. Um, I feel like they've gone by really, really quickly. But um, yeah, so I've been the program counselor here at Westchester for the last 10 years. And a lot of what I do with our students is provide different types of academic support services to, um, you know, help with their transition into um, the university if they're first year students or first time uh, transfers into the university. Um, and I also do a lot of academic support for um, just students as they navigate college, um, helping them think through how they want to progress through their uh, major classes. And um, I also, uh, I'm in charge of the field experiences and internships in the department. So uh, that's a cool part of my job where um, I feel I get to kind of dream with my students to, to, to help them kind of, you know, get their feet wet in, in, in the real world. So it's a little bit about me and what I do here. So for me, um, I'm about four years in, uh, including my GA as far as working in higher ed, two years in the GA and two years professionally, one at Eastern University and now here for a year. How I got here is basically I've worked in K2 through 12 um, in different capacities. So I worked in special ed as a crisis manager. 
um, and I worked at uh, elementary school K to eight as a security officer. Uh, from there, I wanted to finish my degree, so I ended up coming back to Westchester University, and we'll get a little more into that later. I'm from a small town, Darby Township, right outside of Southwest Philadelphia. Not many people uh, in that town go off to college. Uh, most of them are workers. This is a working class um, and even low-income community. So that's a little bit about where I come from. So program counselor, student success coordinator, what do these roles do? I feel like that's a little bit of a higher ed terminology. So describe for us a little bit about what you do. It is essentially uh, the same thing. Um, And I actually think uh, very soon here by this coming semester, um, the the program counselor title is actually going to be phased out and and everyone's going to be called student success coordinator. So my position was the first of its kind at um, at the department level and they called it program counselor at the time and it just never changed. But as the university kind of, um, we progressed and we were looking at, at creating um, different support models for students, uh, student success coordinator kind of was a title that that we we chose. And uh, it stuck for the majority of the new hires that came in. You know, they're called student <laughs> success coordinator because I am, you know, old. <laughs> I still get the old title. So, but yeah, so that's, so essentially we do, the, we do the same thing. Yeah, I think one of the distinction is that student success coordinators have more of a role where they support the college that they're in. I am very specifically in just one department, which is psychology. I I think where students have found the student success coordinators really, really helpful is in how you how we help them select courses um, that are from their general education curriculum and to kind of complement the courses that they're taking in their uh, in their majors. As learning technologists, you know, I I feel like there's an intersection here between what I do and what you guys might be doing. So could you tell me um, how you all use technology to support your work? I would say definitely um, on the website with um, my WCU is a huge thing because it gives us access to all student records from academic to financial aid, whatever it may be. It helps us get a full picture of what's going on with the student from an institutional uh, standpoint. So I would say that and then navigate, which is new, is huge. And I love it. I love navigate um, because it kind of takes what my WCU does, but makes it a lot more user-friendly. Okay. Um, so you still need my WCU right now because we're making a transition. But with Navigate, I can see everything that I need to see, and I can communicate directly with the student and even through text message on Navigate. So that's a really big tool right now that I use because students respond way more mm-hmm. to a text message than they do to an email. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to like really explore navigate because they don't really. We're still kind of yeah. in a way still exploring it because it's a new, you know, it launched uh, last summer, so mm-hmm. it's been a year, and yeah. I think different, um, you know, uh, faculty and staff and and kind of especially in the registrar staff as well. We're just learning how to to, to use this new technology. Um, mm-hmm. Navigate is a great tool uh, in allowing us to communicate with students in a much just easier way. I've used it to communicate with students and like you, Levi, the response has been a lot better. So, you know, it, it helps us to 
engage with students just in a, in a much more efficient way. The other, you know, piece of technology that has been instrumental in my work, and this might be just, it's very simple, but it was uh, critical in um, actually freeing up my time and being able to be more effective in my role with students. And it's been trying different uh, scheduling softwares. Okay. And so yeah. before, I think it's been a, a few years um, before the university had acquired Microsoft bookings, and I was looking for something very specific that would have what they call a two-way sync, right? So that it would sync to my Outlook calendar, and any changes that would happen in the Outlook calendar, it would reflect it. And so for years, I think we used, um, you know, out of the almost 10 years that I've been here for, I would say, seven and a half, eight years, I used a scheduling software that was called Schedule Once. I think they're now called Once Hub. And um, that uh, freed up a lot of my time because it eliminated the back and forth that would happen um, via email with students. Hey, when are you free? When can I come see you? You know, and, and it would take about you know, sometimes upwards of five emails to just get <laughs> yeah. get a student to, to, you know, so that we can agree on a time. But now with these scheduling softwares, um, you know, I can um, have my availability with a link and send that to students. And, and it's, it's, it's very helpful. And it sends students confirmations, reminding them of when to come in. So it's that has been incredibly helpful and effective piece of uh, technology. As, some, as um, someone who schedules with a lot of people as an instructional designer once mm-hmm. bookings became available it was a 10 percent reduction in the number of emails yeah yeah like at least you did the math, uh, of course <laughs> I did the math. <laughs> who are we kidding here yeah. of course i did the math tom's that kid in the class in our department <laughs> who's gonna figure out how's this gonna help me have you since moved over to bookings or are you still using yeah i am actually using two things now i'm using bookings and um interestingly enough navigate also has a a feature now we're still kind of ironing uh, ironing out how you know how the that that uh bookings feature of of navigate works with us so for now i'm kind of running on, on both right students can can find me through navigate and make mm-hmm. an appointment with me um and that's synced to my Outlook calendar, but I still have the Microsoft Bookings link uh, live as and well. I would think both would be able to work if somebody schedules with the one and it gets onto your Outlook calendar, mm-hmm. Bookings would then be able to see, oh, you're not available. Yes, yeah. I think exactly. the one challenge would be the slightly possible that two students on two different platforms at the same time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> which has never happened, yes. right? So which has never happened. But yeah, but that's the importance of that, you know, a two-way sync, right? Yeah. Because the programs are talking to each other uh, on the back end. And I think too that that's a really useful point to raise for some of our faculty as I've listened to the back and forth about like, do I move to navigate for this? Because, but I really like bookings. There's an opportunity to say, well, then why not use both? Because they should be able to work together pretty yeah. well. So yeah. I really love yeah. that point. So thanks for bringing yeah, that up. Absolutely. Um, I hadn't thought about that before. I want to go back to navigate for just a second. So you're talking about how you, it makes it easier to communicate with students, streamlines things. Do you have any examples of like some of the types of things that you're communicating about through navigate? Yeah. Um, so a lot of it is we're doing enrollment pushes. And so, a lot of times we get to the end of the semester and enrollment starts t- typically about halfway through the semester. And what happens, we noticed, um, and even before I started, so Johnny can speak to it probably at a higher level, just trends. But we noticed that a lot of students weren't scheduling for whatever reason. Okay. So Navigate has become crucial in the last year because, like I said, we incorporated the, the ability to be able to use text message. We were emailing, emailing, you need to schedule, <laughs> you need to enroll, you need to register, you need to, and it wasn't 
you know, really any response to that. So now that we can use text messages and campaigns, which is huge campaigns, we just create a template and we're able to start the campaign with a message. We're able to send nudges to say, Hey, you have it. So automated nudges where if the student makes or schedules an appointment under that campaign, then they'll be taken off the list of students who didn't schedule an appointment with us. And only the students who haven't yet will continue to get nudges. So that's how intuitive the system is able to be for us. And it's wonderful because we don't even have to like, after we set it up, we don't really have to even think about it anymore. I think the text message feature has been um, uh, tremendous because I've used it in communicating um, field experience and internship opportunities to students. And um, a lot of my students this semester were able to land a field experience because I was able to, um, you know, send an alert via text message, right? Um, The other thing, we tried something uh, different this last semester in psychology where we had um, drop-in hours. And a lot of times, um, you know, we would advertise it through email, but students would forget. And right. um, I had GAs working for me and they they worked kind of like in the, into the evening hours. And what I did differently this last semester is that 30 minutes before the drop-in hours were to start, I actually would send out a mass alert via text message. Hey, Drop-in hours are going to be opening in person and virtual in 30 minutes. If you want to speak with someone, if you need help, you know, you can either jump on this Zoom link or come to um, this office location. And we saw an incredible increase in students responding. Um, as higher ed professionals, we need to figure out how do we go to where students are at. And what better place to go and write on their phones that are right with, you know, that are mm-hmm. constantly with them. And it's not an email, it's a text message. So it's limited in characters, right? And, but you get your message across and the response is, is much quicker and, and a lot more. So that has been very, very helpful. All right. Now that we've checked the box for the podcast that we've talked about something <laughs> technology related, we can get to the real reason why we're here. Let's start with Johnny. Johnny, what were you doing when you first met Levi? Same thing that we do every night, Pinky. <laughs> some of you, some people will get that, that some might not, but, <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, in, in my role, most of the, what I do every day is, um, you know, schedule meetings with students and meet with them to help them, um, with their course selection and course scheduling. Um, you know, I'll meet with students who might be struggling academically, um, or he might, who might be going through just kind of life circumstances. Right. And and um, so my you know, I'm constantly meeting with students and helping answer questions, helping them make sure that they are going to be taking the right courses in the right sequence in the right time. And also, you know, encouraging them to um, also explore the campus community and how they can be involved. So at any given day, you know, that's what I do. And when I met uh, Levi, um, you know, he was one of my students that I was getting ready to to meet with um, and help with his onboarding to the university and especially into the psychology major. So Levi, mm-hmm. you had a story that got you to that point. Yes. So let's back up a little bit. You mm-hmm. can tell us where to start. I'll start with 2010 spring. Okay. Came in, you know, bright eyed, bushy tailed student, you know, excited to be at Westchester, which is at community college for probably the better part of two years, part time. Uh, but this was my first full-time semester here at, in uh, spring 2010. Like any student, I felt really good about it and get to be away from home. And 
uh, finally after two years after being out of high school, finally getting to get out of the house and be on my own to a certain degree. So from there, everything seemed fine. And then I began to struggle academically uh, to the point where I was on academic probation and ultimately 2011 fall dismissed from the university. Then we can fast forward from there where I intersect with with, uh, Johnny I'm being readmitted. So at this point, I've already been there. I was a psych major when I when I was dismissed, came back in as a psych major, and Johnny was my readmit uh, advisor or counselor at that time. He was just my correspondence to get me back in, and my advisor was the same advisor that I had because they were still here. So there was some type of issue of communication happening, and uh, I was supposed to meet with my advisor to schedule classes, but it just wasn't. There just wasn't a connection happening. And so I was frustrated and felt like well, maybe I'm not supposed to be back at school or here. Cause I've, and I've heard people say that to me on my journey. You should go to a different school. And I tried it, but this is ultimately where I felt called to come back and finish what I started. And so finally, I think after like reaching out to Johnny, because that was the only person who was really being very consistent with the communication, he finally said, you know what? Let's schedule a meeting. You come in and we'll go. I'll advise you basically. And so from there, Johnny took over. He took the helm. And I really appreciate that because, again, I was getting ready to give up. Like I was just like, you know what? Maybe I should just go to another school because I wasn't getting that. And, and I don't have any evaluation on why that was happening. All I can know, all I know is I'm grateful that Johnny stepped in and he helped me out big time. He helped me. He made sure I had a roadmap to be finished. I started in fall 2017. Yeah, he gave me a roadmap to be finished by fall 2018. And he also let me know the real ins and outs of what I need to get on my GPA to not just go beyond, get, get above 2.0 because I came back in with the same GPA I left with, which was a 1.6, and I'm not ashamed of saying that because it's part of my journey. But mm-hmm. he let me know, like, you need to be at this level to pull your GPA up to where you'll be able to graduate. And so in that time span, because he gave me the roadmap and he continued to meet with me, even though it might have been an extra thing outside of the realm of like what he was doing at that time, I was able to, I think my grade point average was like a three, four. I had never seen grades like that in my life from being a kid and from like being in college. So that support alone helped me. And not only did it help me academically, it helped me figure out that I wanted to be between him and then my field experience, which he also set up, like he said, he was a field experience uh, experience person. I did it with a mentor of mine that I got. So Johnny was like unofficially my mentor, like in the sense of I was able to watch him in those interactions. Then I had a mentor from my my internship that I did, and they those two people, Doctor Mickens, I want to shout him out. Him and Johnny really helped me figure out that I wanted to work in higher ed. And I wanted to be what I like to call what Dr. Jackie Hodes kind of coined in our uh, HEPSA program, good company. Mm-hmm. And that's what they were to me, and that's what I ended up wanting to be because of my experience with them. So one of the things we do here on the podcast is we try to highlight research that connects to what we're talking about. And um, we have an article on academic advising and first-generation college students, a quantitative study on student retention. And in that article, I will quote this directly. It says, good advising might be the single most underestimated characteristic of a successful college experience. And that your story certainly highlights that to a T, in my opinion. And it didn't take that many people here on campus to help like, just guide and mentor and help you along. And mm-hmm. you are a shining example of what that can 
what that can do for yeah. our students. And I hope that uh, one of the reasons we have y'all on to share this is we hope other people recognize it doesn't take very much to help our students be successful here at this institution, other than a commitment to meet with them. How many times? <laughs> I don't remember. I mean, it's it was I the gotta, quality over the quantity. Yeah, it yeah. really okay. was. I mean, we did definitely meet every know, semester. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, we met every semester. But mm-hmm. you know, it's it was also uh, you could tell Levi wanted it, and and he he would reach out, you know, when he needed, and and that was part of his success as well. You know, as as um, an advisor, you can only do so much for your student. Um, you know, there, there is definitely a big component on the student. I will say that in my experience, I have seen students who either drop out of college or are dismissed uh, when they return as adults. They are stellar students. They're incredible. And I think the time away from college um, has, you know, gives the person the opportunity to reflect on what they want in life, um, to reflect on the value of what it means to have a college education and a college degree. And uh, most, if not all of my students who are readmitted, um, they come back more mature, right? And and they're in, in the right headspace. They know what they're getting into and they know why they want to do this. And, and that is, is hugely part of why they're successful right and so and i think that was the case with with levi absolutely um Um, that was going to be one of the questions i asked you feel like (laughs) and it sounds like jonas teed you at teed that up nicely for you that that time away you had that many more years of opportunity to mature and experience the world do you feel like that was a pretty accurate description you came back in like i'm ready to do this and be successful 100 percent. i think uh, between that, as far as time away and really exploring what I wanted to do, the experiences that I had. So working um, at jobs that, you know, I had my associate's degree. And so I was at this level. So I was at a certain level. Then when I when I hit the ceiling, it's like, OK, I, now I need to go get my, finish my undergrad degree so that I can go above that. And so I think it's definitely important. It even it even bring, brought into light. Like for me, I think I could have benefited strongly from a, like everybody does these, the gap year now. I think right. I could have benefited from that maybe even two years before I, out of high school just because of the way I work. Now, some students can come in, like my wife, for instance, she came in. I met her here in my original stint um, here uh, in undergrad, four years and done. Like she came in in 08, was done in 12, and was like the the perfect student from that time for it, and that's how she was. <laughs> and so some students are like that. And so, yes, you go off to college because you have a nice, you know, it's not not perfect path because you're still going to go through things. But you are you have the ability right now in the, in the time to finish when you need to finish so you're not, you know, spending a lot of money as far as taking out loans. For me, I think it was important to kind of, step back you know you can you can get a better vantage point when you can step away from something and look at it and see how it goes together so i i think that hits the nail on the head as far as being out and i had a different fo- i was married by the time i came back so i had a whole yeah. different mindset mm-hmm. i was like there's a right. reason why i'm doing this yeah. well everybody's journey is different yeah. Yeah. i think that's part of it and i've been at the the team for moonshot that i'm a part of is proactive advising mm. so we've been in this I, and I don't know that I did not know that much about advising here besides faculty, but did it mm-hmm. until I got on that team and I've really come to understand how <laughs> diffuse our advising structures are here at, at Westchester. Yeah. Um, but it, 
doing that work has also reinforced for me that importance of the connection of individuals mm-hmm. at the human level. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. the, like sure. I care about you as a person and I want you to be successful and I'm going to help you be successful. And yeah. I think that's part of what resonates for me with y'all's story is that it, I mean, maybe I'm adding things to it, but it felt like Johnny was like, I want you to be successful and I'm going to do what I can to help you be successful. And I, I think, you have been successful. Yeah, <laughs> uh, absolutely. And I think you're right. I think the sense that I have and being able to look back at that time is like, Johnny really saw me. And so part of our role here that we're currently in, and, and it's funny to be full circle and go from his student to now we're colleagues. And so the interesting thing that I think doesn't get talked about nearly enough universally across just higher ed in general, we talk about it in, in this research, but belonging and how important that mm-hmm. is. And so you can get a sense of not belonging uh, by the way, I felt when I wasn't getting any communication back from my who was supposed to be my advisor. And the way Johnny responded to that made me feel like I belonged here. So if you noticed, I talked about I was going to not I was going to withdraw and then or yeah. not enroll at all and yeah. just tr- go to another school because I felt like there was no response. But something told me to reach out to Johnny something. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the initial interaction or whatever. That and now I can say maybe in hindsight, yes, it had to be that as far as feeling that welcoming, because that's the beginning of belonging is being welcomed in, and then now I'm going to help you create this pathway. And it was so simple. Once he said it, I said, "Oh yeah, I could do this. I'm, this is like three semesters. I'm done. Like I could get out of here." And so even so- feeling encouraged to get a 3.0 or higher. You know, an average of like a three five. Except GPA. You, you didn't get out of here. You're still here. <laughs> I know. I know. So, did I really do my job? Then? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I ended up getting my masters here as well. So, let's summarize today's discussion. Student success coordinators provide students with different types of support services related to academics to help students think through how they will progress through their time at the university. Levi and Johnny make heavy use of tools like MyWCU, Navigate, and online scheduling tools. They explained how Navigate includes a text message feature, scheduling, and campaign tools, which have helped enhance both communication with and support for students. Then we heard Levi's story. After he was initially dismissed from the university, Levi came back, was on the brink of quitting again, before a meeting with Johnny turned things around. Johnny provided Levi with a plan for success, becoming what Levi calls good company. As Levi said, Johnny really saw me, and he emphasized that a welcoming attitude was the first step towards generating student belonging, an important element of students' academic success. Good advising might be the single most underestimated characteristic of a successful college experience. So we're running up against time here, so we're going to go to the last question. Um, what briefly, what is something that is bringing you joy these days? My children, I have two children. Uh, they literally just had birthdays this last weekend and Monday. So they're bringing me a lot of joy. My daughter's one and my son just turned three. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah, So you got little guys. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, let me tell you, I, it's so simple. I love summer. Summer just, you know, I just seeing sun and it's warmer outside and I love the outdoors. And so just 
being able to, you know, not put on layers just, yes. <laughs> just yeah. to be warm, that in itself is just bringing me happiness. So, yeah, it's just I, I'm happy that we're in summer. I would like to add Johnny has some of the most wonderful coats, though. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Levi and Johnny, for coming to talk to us today. I know I learned a lot. We do a lot of work with faculty. And while we strive for student success, we're not necessarily directly working with students a lot of the time. So um, it was great to hear what you guys do and how you support our students. Thank you to our listeners for listening today. If you have any interest in being a future guest or if you have any suggestions for a future topic, please email us at tlc at wcupa.edu. Stay odd.